0: Welcome back to the Extracurricular Podcast. Something we want to do on this show is this thing where after every month or after four or five episodes, Hayden and I just take a step back, step away from the questions, from the listening, and honestly just talk about things that are on our minds. We could talk about super broad and general topics or very pointed and specific questions. It can... Literally be anything, and to be honest, it is probably just a reason for Hayden and I to shoot the shit. For example, this week we decided to talk about fear. We found fear to be a very fitting subject because we recorded our conversation the day before Hayden went skydiving. You don't really see me air quoting skydiving, but I am mostly because he has yet to provide me with any evidence, so I'm having a hard time believing him but something I'm not having much of a hard time believing is how Heights are number two on his list of top three fears. Not a huge revelation, not something particularly interesting either, but it's something we talk about during the episode. You'll find out what his two other fears are, the two other that make up his top three. You'll find out in just a bit. But in addition to talking about what we fear We also try to answer some of the other five W's, like when do you fear or even who do you fear? We draw from lessons we picked up from our past guests, things we hear in this big and scary world, and dive into deep and personal experiences of ours, like deep, deep. We also branch off into other topics like religion and spirituality death and loss being a good role model and kim kardashian let us know what you think about this format whether it's something you want to hear more of or less of we're open to any and all criticism but also let us know what makes you scared we genuinely like to know what is it that draws fear in you That makes you fearful. And why? It's sometimes easy to brush off and ignore what we're afraid of. The future, awkward conversations, our exes maybe. There's something interesting about steering right into that shit instead of ignoring it. I don't know what that something is. But all throughout this conversation, both Hayden and I felt it. Anyway, let us know on our socials at the extracurricular podcast on Instagram or at the extra pod on Twitter. We are very, very, very curious and we'd like to know. So, with all this being said, we really hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into it.
1: My name's Hayden.
0: And my name is Gary.
1: And this is the extracurricular podcast. Uh, what you up to? I am pretty much just working. Nothing new to report.
0: <laughs> are you? Just are you sort up. of uh, trying to gather your balls and get yourself ready for tomorrow?
1: I'm trying not to think about it. I'm fucking, I'm shoving it down there with all the other, all the other emotions that I bottle up as a male in society over time. I just fucking have this jar. I open the lid just enough that I can stuff another one down there, take the fear and get in there, bitch.
0: Where do you come from? Like, is this like something impulsive that you, <laughs> you decided to do out of the blue? Was it something, is it something on your bucket list?
1: Uh, uh, it kind of just happened. I, I don't know. It kind of just happened.
0: It sounds like one of those, um, you know, one of those generic like bucket list items you put as a kid, it's like, what do you want to do in life? If you had a bucket list. And for for many people, myself included, it seemed like it was either bungee jumping, bungee jumping or, or skydiving. And, uh, you're, you're checking off one of the things. Is it something you thought about for a while?
1: Nope. It wasn't even something that I considered before Sunday
0: what happened on sunday
1: i was just all right so i was gonna do the edge walk with a friend of mine and she was like i it was like 260 bucks or something like that and she was like it's only like 100 more to go skydiving and i was like
0: "Wait, it's 260 bucks to do skywalk
1: to do edge edge walk walk, yeah yeah so we were like skydiving
0: skydiving is 360 bucks
1: yeah. Oh. It's expensive, man. It's not cheap, but I wouldn't expect skydiving to be cheap. I thought the edge walk was going to be cheaper than two hundred and sixty.
0: That's hefty. It's,
1: it's not inexpensive, but you know what? It's, uh, listen, it's a hundred more bucks in the edge walk and there's a plane involved and you hop out of it Wait, and So you free fall. So your friend 40, was like for 40 seconds free fall
0: so your friend and on on sunday was like hayden let, let's let's go fucking skydiving and you're basically
1: like, instead of the edge walk and i was like okay
0: no like consideration just like yeah bet let's do it
1: yeah pretty much
0: fucking weirdo man
1: yeah man I, I mean like i'm not fucking once i get once i do it and i'm living i'll be very happy that i did it but right now, I feel like I have, like, a fight tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like I have, like, a fucking, it, like, I'm, it's that same, like, feeling in your stomach. You're like, oh, shit, fuck, what's going to happen? And that's, that's how I feel right now.
0: Where is it? Where, where, where do you guys sort of get on the plane, and where do you guys sort of hop off of?
1: Uh, it's, like, an hour north of Toronto. Um, it's called Toronto skydive the place but it's not in Toronto so kind of false advertising but (laughs) it's an hour outside of Toronto so we're gonna go up there hop out the plane I'm probably gonna document the experience a little bit for the Instagram page
0: yo Um,
1: I don't know if I'll be able to get like I don't have a GoPro or anything I don't know if they'll have one so I don't know if I'll be able to get footage of the actual jump but I'll be able to get like before and after are you scared of course man yeah of course (laughs) listen man here's the thing heights are probably my biggest fear no actually second biggest fear the ocean is my biggest fear
0: oceans one heights two heights
1: close second
0: is there a third
1: women (laughs) fucking terrifying bro
0: what do you think your fear of heights? I, I, I
1: fear anything that I don't understand, and I don't understand those three things.
0: You don't understand gravity? No. <laughs> you don't no, understand I don't. how it works?
1: I know that when I drop something that it hits the floor, um, but no, I don't understand gravity.
0: Did you know if, um, say, like, you're on a, you're on a burning plane, um, and, like, for some reason, like, I guess, like, the thought process is, oh, I'm over the Pacific Ocean. I'm gonna jump out of the plane and land into water and I should be fine. But nah, it doesn't work like that, apparently. Apparently, you smack the water as if you're fucking like smacking pavement. If you are at a certain height and you're like super high, it's not like you splash in like this bed of pillows. It 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 will fucking kill you.
1: Yeah, well it makes sense. I mean if well, you had done a belly flop before on a pool deck, like, like that shit hurts. <laughs> like yeah imagine doing that thousands of feet up in the air jumping out of a plane i wouldn't expect to live
0: but i mean like i guess <laughs> just when i was a kid i i always see like people just landing in water and it almost feels like it's a safe zone like if if you're looking if you're fucking like skydiving oh no i'm not gonna use this example if you're <laughs> if you're jumping out of a burning plane and like you have nothing on you and you're, you're sort of like at a place where it's like okay do I, land, do, I, do, I, do I aim for land or do I aim for water? Almost instinctively, I would personally go water because i will go sploosh and like, it'll hurt and maybe it'll be like a belly flop thing, but I feel like it'll be minimal pain. But they say that in that situation, you should go for land, especially if it, or I mean like if there's a forest, you should aim for the forest because the trees can break your fall. And that's where you have the best chance. It's not like you'll survive, but if you had a better chance of surviving and landing somewhere, it would be in, in a forest over water.
1: Man, I don't know if I would want to live past that. Like, what's my quality of life going to be like? I'm, uh, like, those branches are going to mangle you. Have you ever played Tomb Raider? Or no. Uncharted? What? Oh, uh, no. There's so many scenes in that game where those like uh, Nathan Drake or um, uh, Laura Croft, they'll fall down like a cliff side and they'll fucking like hit parts of it and like, they'll get up and be like, ah, fuck. And then they'll just like continue running through the game. It's like, uh, no, no, you'd be there with your fucking, if you survive, you'd be there with your legs mangled, probably like your fucking stomach is exposed you get fucked
0: what if you have family uh, to to come back to what if you have a wife and children
1: i do have a family to come back to i have parents and a sister
0: but i mean like if you had like children that uh you love dearly that look up to you they're they're old enough to like know and like remember who you are like saying that five to like eight range and they're hoping their daddy comes back would you still would you still prefer to die than get
1: i've never had kids so i don't know but i would imagine that when you're falling to your death you're not considering the fact that you need to get back to your family as as coherently as you just put it
0: i don't know if if i were to quote your boy or one of your boys cowboy Cerrone when he was talking about his near-death experience on Rogan's podcast when he went underwater diving or cave diving or whatever it was. And Crazy he story. felt like, what?
1: Crazy story. Have,
0: you've heard of it, right?
1: Mm, I heard it. I heard him tell it on the same
0: podcast. <laughs> and so the whole time, all he could think about is like his family and his wife and his wife saying like, you're coming back or him saying telling his wife or whichever way it went that he's coming back. And that's what was on his mind. It wasn't like, fuck it. I'd rather die here. Like already that's painful enough being in the dark for like dozens of minutes. The difference
1: is, is that he had a chance to actually make it out of there. Like he's not plummeting to his death. He has like a certain window which he knows that he's going to be okay. and, And he needs to figure it out in that time. I feel like that's different then you have i don't know how long it would take you to actually free fall to the bottom maybe like two minutes if we're going to be free falling for like 50 seconds 40 50 seconds because i'd imagine they take you to like half you fall half the way and then you parachute down the rest of the way and the parachute only takes like four or five minutes Mm -hmm. so another 50 seconds on that maybe not even two minutes
0: the window for for cowboy though, at least the way he was describing it, like if I was in that situation, I wouldn't have seen a window. And obviously, he's more experienced for sure. But I mean, like he said himself, he 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 broke like one of like the main like rules when like you 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 go cave diving or whatever it was. It's like you don't go for someone who's struggling, or you don't go to help out like someone who's struggling, because mm-hmm. then it'll just screw you over. And that's what he did. And like in that situation, I could easily see like. That window shutting very, very quickly, even though it is open to a certain extent, and if you're if you're fucking falling and if if now you know that you have like a better chance of surviving in the trees than over the water, I'd like to think there's a there's a chance you might come out alive, maybe you won't, probably you won't you'll probably fucking explode, but uh I don't know I'd wanna obviously we haven't had kids, but you never know. But I'd prefer to, to live another day. To-
1: well, yeah. I mean, listen, I'd like to live another day too. But <laughs> what I wouldn't like to do is to prolong the inevitable if I wasn't going to survive. Like they say your best chance is to hit the trees. Sure. But like what percentage of that, those slim. people would actually it's make slim. it. <laughs> it's probably alive. slim. And even if you didn't die on impact, what percentage of the people that don't die on impact die because they've sustained major injuries? Probably a lot. I'd I imagine it's probably a lot. I don't know. No.
0: We don't do stats on this show. No, they're, they don't. they're irrelevant. They're not Strict, important.
1: Strictly bro science.
0: No stats at all.
1: Zero stats. Pause. We can cut this part out. I'm going to make some coffee.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make myself a drink. Do I need to drive anywhere? I'll make myself a drink.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna. What are you go gonna have? Drink.
0: Um.
1: Gary's pulling pulling up with the drinks, bro. I'll have this is the a different type of Gary.
0: I'll have the Malibu, and I have like I just have like this fat thing of like apple juice. Yo, this is the fucking best apple juice in the world. Um, it's so fucking good. And I don't know how Malibu will taste with the apple, but fuck it, we'll just do it. you have your coffee ready? Yes, sir. Okay. So Hayden, you said your top three of things that scare you oceans, Mm -hmm. uh, hold up. Heights. Heights and women. Yeah. Okay. I feel like
1: I I fear anything that I don't understand.
0: That's why. fear Anything you don't understand, which is, which which is normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a bit of a different question and it might sound weird. But I feel like we we, we 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 often talk about like what scares us. I have my own stuff, but I was wondering if you can answer when do you fear the most? Or are are there specific kind of moments or situations that put you in fear mode? Like for 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 instance, um, with me when and this might sound a bit weird, but when I'm sort of like on the cusp of a happy moment or like say I'm with friends, we're talking, we're laughing, we're having a good time. And I always get this 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 very like out of nowhere reaction where it's like, oh, I'm happy right now. And like that little bit of realization, it's like, it, it it's often followed up with, And a bit of fear. It's like, okay, I'm happy right now, and I'm really happy right now, but I know that means that I'll be less happy. And that moment, that present moment, will become past. And that 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 memory will will slowly fade to a point where it's just something that I look back to and I don't like uh experience. And obviously there 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 are always gonna be more things. Um and, and I acknowledge that, but I always have that second of fear where it's like there goes that happiness. Um, so I wanted to know if you ever think about when are you afraid? When are you scared? Or when do you fear? If that makes sense.
1: It does. I'm just thinking. Well, I definitely, I definitely have the same kind of anxiety when it comes to, being happy um i used to have it more so than i do now because i'm sort of becoming more and more conscious of it but it used to be like i'd be happy and i'd be in a good place in my life it wouldn't even be one moment but i'd also always be wondering like okay when's shit gonna hit the fan when's something gonna happen
0: when are you gonna hit that wall
1: yeah and i think that's a It's a poisonous mindset to be in because it's inevitable that you will face challenges in your life that make you uncomfortable, sad, depressed even. And I don't think the point of structuring your life in a way where you can be the most happy, the most often, is to negate you ever having to go through those periods. I think that going through those periods are what makes you ultimately appreciate the good things more. And I think that I think that life is more about recognizing that life is full of pain and agony, and there's a lot of shit that is not gonna be fun that you're gonna have to deal with, and dealing with loss, and dealing with um, just the different crazy shit that can happen to you out of nowhere. But what it is about is surrounding yourself with people who make that time better, and surrounding yourself with projects that make that time better, things that you actually like putting your time into. Because nobody knows how much time they have on this planet. You can't yeah. know when you're going to die. Some fucked
0: shit can happen to you, man.
1: At any moment, you like you kind of just have to realize that you are mortal, and that nothing is guaranteed, and that you're going to face challenges that you couldn't even have fathomed when you were a kid.
0: Yeah. But
1: when you're facing those challenges, you also can't put yourself in the dark place. Like it's always going to be the case. Because it's not if you don't want it to be. and if you put in if you put in effort to make yourself marginally more happy or in a better place than you were the day before.
0: Yeah, And yeah, like sometimes you really don't know. And I wanted to say that like, sometimes when I start driving and when I drive, I get fucking scared, and not to the point where it's like I like it's affecting my driving. I get super like anxious and whatnot. But like, do you ever just feel like my chances of getting into a car accident are like relatively high? It's like not a it's it's, uh, car accidents are fucking common. This shit happens all the time. There are fucking stupid ass drivers on the street. Like you're more probable of getting into a car accident than fucking like. Crashing in a plane or or, or a bunch of like other things like that shit happens all the fucking time and you never know it but Some shit can happen to you like wrong wrong one wrong turn one Like one 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 instance where you miss to look at your blind spot One second you look down at your phone that could fucking change everything And that fucking thought scares me a lot Yeah,
1: well, I mean it scares you because it's real
0: Dude you know? i had um i have uh, i have an uncle or like a family member, and I think he was rolling at like twenty miles an hour and uh, I don't know how much that is exactly in kilometers, but he was rolling at twenty like miles per hour and he like glanced down at his phone to like look at something because he received a text or something and boom he 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 slams into a car or I don't know if it was a car that slammed into him from the back, but It wasn't like the biggest crash, but it, it, it put him in a wheelchair, It put him like it, it it paralyzed him. Jesus. And, and he's still like in that wheelchair. He's, he, he, he's always been like this positive dude since. And like a very strong guy, like to be able to keep your hopes up in those moments. But to think that a, a single like instance like that of inattention can lead to you being paralyzed for the rest of your life some fucked thoughts man it's, it's 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 fucked up and it pisses me off when I see people don't give a shit when they're like fucking driving when they're 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 looking at their phones and I'll be, I do it myself too I find myself like looking at my phone way too much while I'm driving but it's like we it, it's it's obviously like harder for us to realize things until it actually happens
1: it's because when those things happen you realize you're not actually in control You're never in control of anything. And that's one of the most important realizations I think you can make about life is that you're, you're really just in the passenger seat for this whole thing. You have a small degree of free will that you can do what you want with. But at the end of the day, there's so many external factors that you cannot control. And I think that it's perfectly reasonable to think about that and be scared about that. But I think that you need to continue along that line of thinking, because I think a lot of people will think that and then they'll get scared and then they'll kind of suppress that thought and never think about it again. But you have to continue along that line of thinking and realize that that's a reality and move on. Like it, You can't change that. That's the way that it is. You can't change that You're not going to be in control of everything in your life. So when you can't change something You have to accept it as a reality and move forward with it.
0: I hate that shit. I hate not Being in control. I
1: does I do too
0: it's and I think that's why like that's partially why like I I don't like drinking too much or like say being like smoking weed it's like uh, i'm not saying those are like inherently bad things though there are obviously some negative stuff with like associated with those things but the whole idea of something else like having sort of like an influence on me and me sort of like battling to like regain control i hate that shit i hate that shit so much man
1: well i think one of the things that weed does for you um is it It exposes you to the things that you're actually scared of. When people talk about paranoia when they're high, I think that's just them not being able to suppress the thoughts that would usually scare them, That usually like that do influence them and what they do on a day-to-day basis. Like for me, when I get baked a lot of the time, if I'm baked with like people that I don't know or whatever, I'm always thinking, I'm always like super self-conscious about what I'm saying in my own head and that to me sort of equates to some sort of fear of being judged that is always there i think that we just exposes it so when people say i don't like it it makes me paranoid i think it just exposes them to a weaker side of themselves that they are not ready to take head on and that's why they don't like that feeling mm-hmm. I think drinking is a different thing though, because drinking is a completely different animal. It's like when you drink too much and you don't remember things that happened the night before and someone has to explain it to you, that's the worst feeling in the world. Because it's like, you might've not even done something that stupid, but like the fact that you can't recall doing it is the scariest part about it because then it's like you know in your mind you're like well that's not even me like it wasn't me that fucking pissed on that wall in a public place indoors
0: is this based off a? Uh, is this based off real no, events no it's based not. on a true story
1: no it's not but like there's certain things like that that can happen that when you drink to excess it happen all the time and those are the worst kinds of feelings in the world when somebody has to tell you something like that and and especially if they're like oh hi yeah it was hilarious and you're like that's fucked i can't believe i fucking did that if i drink too much i wake up the next morning and i'm like anxious i'm like fuck like jesus like what the fuck happened like if i have blank spots i'm like did i make did i say something stupid did i make a fool out of myself what did i do you know
0: have you had and any, that's uh...
1: scary to me that's why i prefer i prefer I, I, well, I don't prefer, but I make the argument that weed is better for you because it never takes you to that, that place where you are not coherently in the driver's seat of your own body.
0: How about when you bad trip? If you eat like a, a stacked edible,
1: I mean, you, here's the thing, man, you remember it and mm-hmm. it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you the same kind of stupid as being really drunk does it doesn't make you really aggressive it doesn't make you any of those things you're just you're just there and maybe you have a bad trip and maybe you're really paranoid or maybe you're having like even some minor like hallucinations or whatever but it's it's not the same it's not the same and it won't ever i don't think it will ever drive you out of control of your of your actions to the same degree as alcohol
0: have you had any uh blackout stories that you weren't proud of
1: oh yeah man i mean like nothing crazy but it's all been like here's the thing about blacking out it never seems like to a big deal to anyone else but yourself unless you did something really fucked up which you know like i've never i've luckily never been in that place before but if you can't remember what you did, and even if you were just like a fucking asshole, you know, like you were just saying shit to someone or whatever the case is, you're gonna wake up the next morning and you're gonna be like, fuck, I said that? Like, and that's what I mean. Weed never brings you to that place where you're like, where you almost wake up the next morning and and hear what your alter alter ego did the night before. Fair enough. That scares me. That scares me. And there's a lot of drugs that do that to people. And you can see it a lot. I mean, blacking out is like a one-time experience, but look at alcoholics. They're almost never really in control of what they're doing.
0: And it brings out an ugly ass side of them. An
1: ugly side of them.
0: I don't want to get to that point. I think if, if there's something I'm scared of is it's sort of being this negative role model or being in a place where my kids look to me and they're just like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy's whack. And I feel like a situation where I see myself getting to that point is if like in life, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I have no purpose or I have very little confidence I resort to stuff like alcohol or it could even be like other stuff. It could be whatever, other drugs or or gambling or whatever it is. Like, I think I'm scared of getting to a point where I feel like I have nowhere to go. I feel like I have no sense of direction anymore and I don't know what to do with my life. And by extension, I'm afraid that I would be a negative role model to younger people or to other people in general
1: I think that I think that kids will always find flaws in their parents at a certain point of time I think that when you grow up you grow up not seeing them but when you hit a certain age I think it's almost natural to resent the parents that you're sorry the flaws that your parents will inevitably have because you see a reflection of yourself in them, because you know you've grown up with them for so long, you're undeniably similar in some ways. I mean these are the people that you've learned from and lived with for so long. and any flaw that you see in them is also a flaw that you see in yourself. and I think that's why some kids become so bitter and resentful um, when it comes to their parents um, because I think that It's a fear of becoming something that you might not want to become, but you're also not doomed to become your parents. You will be similar to them. You will have things in common with them, but they are not you. And that's an important thing to remember. And I think that if you accept that you're, that you're almost doomed to the same fate, if you have a parent that's an alcoholic or something like that, that's the moment where you lose. You have to, you have to acknowledge that you might be tempted to go down a similar path and that you might be predisposed to go that way, but you have to be conscious about what their flaws are. And this is the important thing about fear. You have to face your fears. You can't run away from your fears. If you run away from your fears, you're gonna end up unfulfilled as a person. And you're gonna look back on things that you could have done and you're gonna be bitter that you didn't do them and angry at yourself. And I think that, I think that facing your fears and subjecting yourself to something that really does scare you is ultimately good for you in the long run because it helps you accept your mortality and the fact that you might not always be in control. Mm
0: I find I find it funny how you you, you talk more as like a, a, a child to to parent relationship. But some of the people I hated the most—I don't think I really hated anyone—but some of the people I dislike the most, or I look at them like, "Yo, fuck this guy," or "Fuck that girl," or whatever it is. They're often the times people who are very similar to me and that have a lot of traits that are like me that i don't really like about myself and sometimes it's almost like i'm deflecting some of like my negative perceptions on myself on like someone else and i look back at like the list of people i don't have a a physical list but i look back at like that that that, that, those people i'm like fuck a lot of them had like a very common thing between themselves whether it was like um they talk too much sometimes or um, and they're overly critical or they're arrogant sometimes like those are traits that I like look in myself and I'm like, fuck, I hate seeing this in other people. And by extension, I hate seeing it in myself. But it's just always this weird thing. And it's something I, I remember like distinctively realizing and I was like,
1: bruh. Yeah. Well, those are also traits that you can project on to people, right? Because when you meet someone, you're meeting the version of themselves that they choose to present to you. That's the side of themselves that they've decided is, you know, their best shot at being accepted socially. And you're meeting a persona of theirs. And you obviously you don't know everything about them, but you may, you may make certain assumptions about who that person is based on what they look like or how they act or certain things like that. When in reality, they're just as insecure as you, man. Everybody's insecure. And that's where fear comes from. When you're insecure about something about yourself, you're going to look for ways that you can pick apart other people and deflect that attention away from what's going on with you. And I think that the most successful people are people that realize that they don't, they shouldn't be deflecting that and that they should be addressing it and they become enlightened in a weird sort of way where they're not, they're no longer concerned about those types of things. And I think that can scare people who haven't done that yet. When they're looking at someone that actually doesn't care what about like pleasing everyone or anything like that, they're just, they've decided and they've gone down that path long enough where they're like, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. I think that scares a lot of people. And I think that when you see that people will talk shit about that person often. And it's because they wish they could be that they could wish, they wish that they could get themselves to a point where they have that ability. And what I, I mean, like I'm nowhere near that, enlightened state that I'm describing but I'm trying to get there and I think that the more time you spend wishing that you were in a certain place you're going to be in a worse place ultimately because you're not you are just day by day you're trying to make yourself feel better about yourself and feel like everything's okay when really you probably could be doing more than what you're doing and sacrificing more than what you're sacrificing to get to where you really want to be and it's easy to chalk up someone else's success to
0: any amount of
1: things like um like people saying that like oh kim k only got famous cuz she did a sex tape but i mean like yeah but she did it and look at her now she's in a, she's one of the most successful women on the planet probably
0: yeah and something i don't like about that um like like you could criticize her all you want and stuff and like Um the there seems like there are people that really like her, some people that really don't, but I think like the specific backlash of her that I really I found like a bit messed and I really didn't agree with is like I think when news came out that she wanted to be a lawyer, she was studying like she wanted to go into law school and stuff, people got mad at her for that. People got mad, people got angry. And I'm like, Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, let's back up. So you're mad at her for gaining her wealth by like making a sex tape or by dating like famous people or whatever it was or doing like a and reality marketing show marketing
1: herself beautifully that's what people don't acknowledge her for yeah. she marketed herself perfectly she's a fucking businesswoman at the end of the day she just yeah. happens to be in the entertainment business
0: but but people criticize her for that um, for her. or at least for the image she portrays or the example that 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 she 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 sort of gives on to maybe younger people and i think maybe like on a depending on your values there's an argument there and you criticize her for for all those things but when she decides to do something that is good positive or like at least like looked at like in a good light like going to law school like it's often like this huge accomplishment and when she does then she gets shit on it too it's like what is she doing like oh she's just faking it or like no no, no no no, it's like Come on, man. Maybe maybe there's more to the story that I didn't know, but it's like, now you just don't like this person. Now you're just getting mad at them because you don't like them.
1: It's because society doesn't want that to be okay. It's because it's easier to project her and assume that she is this super hot woman who's not intelligent and only made it to where she is based on the way she looks. And if you stray from that image, once you put yourself there publicly, people don't want you, or even not publicly, even if it's just an everyday situation and socially, people don't want you to change it or change that image or show parts of yourself that don't reflect that exact same stereotype in everything that you do. So when they see someone like her doing some shit, like going and freeing, falsely incarcerated people they're um, they're looking for a reason why she's wrong or why she's ineffective or why she's not good enough because she's already she's because they've already accepted the branding of that she's put out there of her being like a a, like a sex symbol and it's like really like that's all you that's all you you're never limited to one thing just because you're a sex symbol doesn't mean you can't also be a uh, a fantastic musician or mm-hmm. an incredibly intelligent business person or whatever whatever you want to be people are always going to think something about you for sure and, and i think that uh, that's one of my biggest fears being judged by people on a large basis like i think everybody would share in that fear and i to be honest with you i wouldn't really believe anyone that said that they weren't i when people say oh i don't really care what everyone thinks of me. I'm like, I feel like that's just what you want people to think of you. You know, that's the, that's the image that you're putting out there. You want people to think that nobody cares about what, what they think of you. But I can't, I also can't believe that's true because I think that humans sure are social creatures. Some, I think you, th- hum- but don't you think that humans are social creatures? They are. Like we all they crave, are. you need a couple people at least. Like I know that some people will strive to be loved by masses of people, but like, I don't think there's a person on this planet. Who is just okay with everyone disliking them?
0: And there must be some, and 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 I think like we're, we're definitely like obviously we're we're social creatures uh, on a very like base level. We're also all very unique, and I feel like there must be in this world of over seven billion, close to eight billion, there must be like at the very least, and and it's probably more than this, a handful of people who honestly. Don't give a shit. I'm not saying like it, 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 it's, 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 it's a majority or it's, it's it's many of people, but I'm sure there's a substantial amount of people who honestly have gotten to a point where they genuinely don't give a shit. And I don't think there's like an underlying like need for social attention that's being suppressed or, or, or them ignoring their feelings. I think some are genuinely like that.
1: I think that some people genuinely don't care what some people think about them. But I think that everyone needs a group of people that they can identify with and be friendly with. Um, And I think that you, you'll, you'll make moves to get there and whether, whether you're going to, there's two ways you can accomplish gaining that group of people. The first is that you decide who you want to be and you, you basically put on a persona of who you want to be and you go through your entire life being like this weird version of yourself that you've sort of constructed because you want to be all these different things. But the case is, is that you're not all those different things. And the best version of yourself that you can possibly be is option number two, where you embrace who you actually are and follow through with your own interests and passions. And I think those are the types of people who are mentally stronger to things like criticism from people who haven't reached that point yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I think the biggest critics in the world are people who are insecure with themselves. Mm. I because don't know why else, that, But why man. else would they be mad about what you're doing? Maybe. They're concerning themselves with things that you do because but- it projects something that they don't like. Well, sometimes,
0: some, some critics, I feel like it doesn't come from a place of like, hatred or calling out the other person or or exposing some major flaw in the person i think like i think you may be right for 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 some people who are overly critical i feel like there's some critics who do it for other motives it could be they 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 seek improvement or they they like when when people improve or they want to see as good as a, a product as as possible some people do it like say music reviews or being a musical critic some people do it because they have so much love for the music and they they love sort of discussing their thoughts on 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 certain things and some they go very very deep and are willing to bash some records but i don't think it's because they feel insecure towards the person or their own like uh it's like they're dealing with their own issues. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think some people do it for other motives and it could be a passion for something, could be seeking improvement. That's what I think. I feel like it's not a widespread thing. I could definitely see some critical people doing it out of lack of confidence, but I don't think it's widespread.
1: I, well, I mean, okay, here's the thing. That's a fair point to make. I think that there are certainly people who, are, who will give you criticism throughout your life who ultimately want the best for you. But just because they want the best for you doesn't necessarily mean that their criticism is coming from a place of security.
0: Yes, but I don't think if it I'm necessarily means... If security. I'm
1: a religious person, if I, have a, if I have a religious parent and I stray from whatever their religious beliefs are, They're going to try to reel me back into that and it's going to be coming from a good place like they want me they want the best for me it's my parent they want the best for me but i think that ultimately what it is is they want you to follow in the same shoes as they did because it's something that they can understand and it's something that they can guide you on i think that they might get insecure when it's something that they can't guide you on. And even if someone wants the best for you, it doesn't mean that the criticism coming from them is going to be what's right for you. Definitely not. not. Even if they, they think it is.
0: I don't think it's the inverse either. I don't think it's necessarily coming from a place of, of insecurity either, as much as it's not necessarily coming from a place of security. And the thing with the parent, the religious parent trying to reel their kid back in I don't think it's because they can't come to terms with whatever their kid is venturing off into. I think it genuinely comes from a place where it's like, I don't think that's right, and they could very well be wrong. They could be right. I don't know, but I don't think it comes from a place where where it's like, oh, he's just confused, or I can't control that area. I don't know very much about that area and my kid. Like, I can't, I can't like really help them. Well, out. I don't
1: think it's as conscious as all that. I don't think they're actually making those. uh, To me,
0: that's what you're making it sound like. It's like you're 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 saying it's like it's drawing from a place of 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 insecurity in some ways with the the parents.
1: Right, but I think a lot of the time insecurity is projected in a non conscious way. Like I think a lot of the time kids bully other kids is not because they've recognized that you know like oh this guy's better at me than this so I'm going to make fun of them for this thing that he's not as good at because. I'm insecure. That's not the thought process that happens. The thought process that happens is I'm insecure. Like they, they know that they're insecure, but it's not a thought they address that plainly. They're that plainly in their brain. They're thinking about it more like I want to be at the top of this hierarchy or as high up there as I can be. So these other people that are, you know, that I can take advantage of, I will. And that's where bullying comes from. And I don't think it's from a place of conscious, insecurity i think it's from a place of dangerously non-conscious insecurity and that's when you start to become who you really are is once you start addressing your insecurities head on because until you do that it's just going to be deflection after deflection thing after thing people will start bullying other people be dicks to other people because they're not okay with themselves people will start doing drugs because they're not okay with themselves and it's a release you know people will find anything because the hardest thing you can do is to loop yourself back into your own brain and ask yourself really hard questions and fix things about yourself that you don't like because it's uncomfortable. It's scary. And it's, it's hard. It's not easy and it doesn't happen overnight. And we, we live in a society where we're taught that anything you want can happen quickly. Like the, the romanticization of getting rich overnight and the, the, you know, follow this diet plan and you'll be, you'll be ripped in 12 weeks. It's mm-hmm. like those, those types of things that we see in our face every day distract us from the, the simple fact that anything that is going to result in long term change is going to be hard and it's going to take a long time to get there.
0: I don't think it's something worth thought necessarily or, taught not necessarily I don't think it's something we're taught necessarily I feel like that idea of seeking results from the most convenient means or ways possible I feel like there's something inherent about that in like our people I feel like we have this obsession of making everything more efficient and I don't think we're necessarily taught like maybe we are maybe we are maybe we're told like efficient equals good and we should always strive for that but i feel like it's something we just naturally have like when something is easier for similar results between two different situations we'll, we'll go for the, the the easier route i feel like that's why social media is so so good at what it does because they they facilitate everything for us they make it so easy for us to go in and out of pages to 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 there's there aren't really low times on apps like on websites, there's, you, you have to wait for a bit, but on apps, it's like quick, it's almost instantly. And I almost feel like it's, it It, it seems like this inherent thing that we have and where we'll, we want to go down this path of, of convenience. Is it, the, is it the right path? I don't know. I question it. There, there, there are definitely many negative things related to it, but I don't think it's one of those things that is necessarily taught down to, or it's like you're taught to, to, to be uh, to, 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 go for convenience.
1: I'll try to explain my point in a different way. I think that the the society that we live in tries to put an emphasis on you looking outward rather than inward. Like when you go to your social media and you see people that are doing things that you wish you could be doing, the common example is body image, right? You go on Instagram and you see the rock and you hit the gym for like, I don't know, a little while and because you want to look like the rock. When, it's not a healthy motivation to have, to look so outwardly at someone and want to become the version of the themselves that they choose to present to everyone else. You have to look inward. And I think that's something that we're getting away from as a society, your biggest problems are going to be solved, not by anyone else, but by you. And until you are, have acknowledged that fact and are comfortable enough with seeking out the uncomfortable thoughts in your own head and sorting them out and laying them out and getting your life together. I think that you're going to be, uh, not the strongest version of yourself that you could be. I,
0: I completely agree with that. I, th- I feel like, and that's where, and you, you might not agree with what I'm about to say, but I feel like okay. that's where, uh, like, religion and spirit uh, spirituality sort of comes in and 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 helps in that regard. I feel like having those strong core of of of, of values helps you look inward and reflect about who you are your own decisions why you do things how they may be affecting others you 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 detach yourself from this whole idea in our world where like why do we look outward i i I, my answer to that would be i feel like maybe there's a lack of 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 of, of sort of like communication or expressing your own feelings and sometimes you compare yourself with with other people and we're in this world where it's this it's it's presented as this race and this competition where you have to be the richest you have to be part of the fortune 500 uh, companies you have to make the most money have the biggest house and it's constantly this competition of of, of comparing yourself with others and and making sure you're always ahead and I feel like that's why we compare ourselves so much with, with, with other people, especially on social media, whether it's follower count, interactions, um, um, n- number of deals. And I feel like when, 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 when there's an injection of spir- spirituality, and I think religion offers that, obviously there are many issues like related to religion that I know you would want to bring up, but I feel like it, it pushes you to a spiritual level where it makes you reconsider those things. It makes you reconsider material items, whether you need them, fake relationships, attachment to a bunch of different things that you don't really need. And it pushes you towards the inside and, and, and sort of meditating in many different ways. It, it, it's an explicit idea in like Buddhism, but meditation is also present in many different religions, whether it's, it's prayer, doing the rosaries, like a form of meditation. And there are so many other things. And that's where I feel Uh, the positivity that can be drawn from religion or spirituality can, can come. It's, it's that sort of push towards looking at yourself and each one has its own way of doing so. But I think that's why there's a sort of, there's a sort of importance towards that. It helps take away that, 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 that fear that comes from looking at other people.
1: I don't disagree with that at all at all. I think that, I think you're a hundred percent correct. I think that this, I look at it like religion is a guidebook to starting to explore that side of yourself. And I don't have a problem with religion in that sense. I just, I, and I, I acknowledge that it can fully be a a convoy into those different parts of your life, into more inward focused spiritual thinking at certain times. My issue with religion comes with the rigidity that in which some people practice it and that their rules are the only rules that matter. And the people that don't follow those rules are following the wrong rules. And there's, And again, like, I don't know what place that comes from 100%. But if I were to guess, it would be, again, I would say that it probably comes from insecurity when people are that vehement about their religion because they put so much time and effort into becoming the best, insert religion name here, that they can be. And it's to see other people not following those same values is scary to them because they can't fathom they, they was, it's a, it made such positive strides in their life that they can't fathom why somebody else wouldn't also believe that it would make positive strides in theirs. And that's really where my problem with religion comes in is not the, the fact that you believe in whatever God or whatever book you choose to, that's all fine. My problem with religion comes into play when we're talking about feeding other people, those values and judging other people that don't carry the same values as you do based on your religion.
0: I I completely agree with that as well. I feel like, like i do consider myself religious but the idea of sort of assuming that yours is the right one and that you have to convert others to that religion or bring those people to that religion under the the premise that you you need to save them cuz they're in the wrong that idea does not sit well with me at all like 1 billion uh, Muslim followers, 1 million. Like, Christians, 1 million. Uh, sorry, 1 billion. Uh, Muslims, 1 billion. Christians, 1 billion. Like, Hindus. Uh, you have to fact-check me on that. But with these many people believing other things, no fucking way am I uh, am I, am I going to, like, clearly and vehemently say, like, those people are wrong. Like, the chances... I feel like the chances that there are good people in those religions are are greater than there are like v- v- horribly bad, that they're horribly bad people. And that whole idea doesn't sit right with me. And I completely agree with you. Like, dude, believe what you want to believe and, 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 and don't come judging other people for that uh, necessarily. And, and whatever it is, like there's a, and it's corny to say, but like, there's, 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 there's that single common origin and no one fucking knows where that is. But claiming you do when everything is so uncertain because you believe so strongly in something, that's where I have trouble uh, saying that, uh, believing in that side of religion and stuff.
1: Yeah, and let me be clear. I don't think that just because someone pushes their religious values, that makes them a terrible person. No, I, I really think not. that, no, I think that I would call it misguided if I were to use my own words. I would say that that person is misguided. And I don't really believe in the whole idea that people are either, either good or evil. I think that they are perfectly capable of both and equally capable of both. And I think that the easiest way to think about that is when you, when there's action from you, whatever it is, it's going to have a positive outcome and a negative outcome in some way. And if that action then applies to other people, like you make an executive decision at the top of a business where you're, maybe you're saving money and keeping the business afloat and ultimately keeping people employed for a longer period of time. That means you need to cut some people off of the company in order to do that. That's a perfect example of how you could make a decision that causes ripples and people are going to, based on what side of the decision they landed on, look at you like a protagonist or an antagonist. And you can't control that. You're going to be both throughout your life. You're not going to be Mm -hmm. a good person all the time. You're not going to be a bad person all the time.
0: And not everyone's going to agree with you.
1: And everything is about perspective. So I don't really believe in the notion that someone can be completely evil or completely good. I think that Those are both things that are easy to project if we see someone that does a lot of bad shit to call them an evil person or a person that does a lot of good shit to call them a good person. I think that the truth is always perfectly in the middle. And I think that people are largely a product of circumstance. And when they do make bad decisions, you're going to look at that decision and evaluate it as bad because you've been raised in an environment where you were taught that it was bad Hmm. and i think same thing goes with good decisions no matter what you're making a decision it's going to be viewed by different people as a positive thing or a negative thing if i'm part of a christian family and i decide that i want to convert and become a muslim people in that People in my Muslim circles are going to be like, that's great, man. Like, good for you. Whereas my Christian family is going to be like, no, like you shouldn't do that. You're straying away from our God and our family values. And we don't want that for you. I don't think either of those people, I don't think the Christian family being resentful or being even maybe if they're not resentful, maybe just questioning the actions of that person. I don't think that makes them terrible. and I don't think that the person who made the decision is in the right or wrong. I think that they're following whatever path they want to follow. And perspectives are just a consequence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: How afraid are you? How afraid are you of death? Of, 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 of Whether it's your own death or the loss of someone close to you? something i think about a lot and and i'm still trying to understand like how much i'm afraid of it but i'm curious like how how is that on your end is it something you think about a lot
1: on a day-to-day basis it's not really something that i'm scared of it's not something that keeps me up at night or whatever and you know there's so much shit going on in life that i don't really have time to worry about death too much but it is humbling to realize that you will die at some point <clears throat> and you don't know when and you don't know how, but it's going to happen. That's for sure. <clears throat> and that's a scary thought because who knows? It could be whenever it could be when I jump out of a plane tomorrow and the chute doesn't pull. It could don't be literally say that it could literally be anything, you know? It could be. And I think that you can't control it. And you're gonna drive yourself crazy trying to control it because there are things, we're human beings and we live in a universe that is beyond our comprehension. And if we try to comprehend the things that go beyond our control, we're gonna drive ourselves insane.
0: We do it, though. We do it, though. We, I, we do, do it, it all, the, all time. the time.
1: We do it all the time, but I don't think it's. Some helped. of the
0: best scientific research is, comes from, from trying to, to answer those questions
1: yeah and it's great that some people do that but i would just hope that those people understand that they won't be able to unravel the mysteries of the universe i don't even think us as a race no matter how much no matter how technologically advanced we become i don't think we'll ever be able to do i don't even think we'll even be able to understand death properly i think what's more likely to happen is that we'll be able to manipulate death in the, in the sense that, like, in, in a few, I don't know how long, but eventually there will be a technology where you can upload a conscious version of someone's, men, of someone's personality, mentality, brain, whatever you want to call it. Someone who's cloud. deceased? Yes. And have that and create somewhat of an artificial heaven. I think that will be possible. And I don't think that's us cracking the code of death or us beating death. I think that's us manipulating it and using technology to keep the memory alive a little bit longer. But you have to ask yourself the question, is that person really still here or is that just a version of themselves that has been created?
0: I feel like it's something we could already do. It's like you could well, sort of, I mean, in some ways in, in the sense where you can record yourself on a daily basis or, or, or film yourself, um, whatever it is and document your life talking about a bunch of wide. Range of things you could ask yourself the big questions like how do you feel about uh, where we go during death or, or or where we came from or how your life was or when you look back at your life like how do you feel? but could ask those questions, but it could also be just like random things like what makes you laugh? What's a funny moment you had recently? When was the last time you smiled? You you cried or whatever it is? And I feel like doing that, you could you could assemble a pretty decent like. You could compile a pretty decent amount of information to, to build that person and almost make it seem like they're still like here.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm.
0: This is something I'm looking forward to moving forward. Like, I'd like us to have a bit more like older guests on our show. But a question. Provide about that wisdom. That wisdom, I love talking to old people, but also like old people, older people, no disrespect to them, but I have been wanting to ask, like, how do you deal with loss? How do you deal with death? Um, There's no perfect way of like uh, preparing for it for sure, Um, and you're never going to be ready for it exactly, but... I just want to hear what some of the older people have to say, because I feel like you get to that point where some people start dying. Some people start passing away and leaving this world. And as you get older, it's only going to accelerate. Like I think about it sometimes. My dad passed away when he was 37. 30 yeah, fucking true. seven.
1: That's not something you can prepare for.
0: You can't, and 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 just the age of it. It's like, dude, some of my cousins are past thirty-seven. I'm like the youngest in my generation, but some of them are past thirty-seven, and it's like, how do you like? I'm not trying to like get to a point where where I'm completely fine and I'm not crying, but I'm just curious. Like, how do you, how does I'm 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 genuinely curious about how each person deals with that and how each person finds a way to overcome it and it's very personal it's probably very unique among each person but i'm sure there's there's some wisdom to draw from it some 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 ounce of of beauty despite the 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 fear that comes from death some people they take on maybe an activity that the person used to do and they sort of like repurpose it as something that makes them happy or that's therapeutic Like in some ways, like I've never known my dad. Like I, he passed away when I was two or barely. I I didn't even reach two. The way I felt like I would connect with him is when I played chess or when I get back to like playing chess. I'm not that very good of a player, but it's something he used to do often, and that's sort of my way of 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 sort of dealing with the fact that I didn't really have like a, a a male figure in my life. So I'm I'm just curious to. I feel like there's there's some beauty in people's personal experiences, but obviously like there's there's, well, there's dude i think you it.
1: just answered a big question of your own right there like how do people deal with death how do people move on with their life look at you your dad died when you were 2 years old since then you've had all the accomplishments from the age of 2 on you're the living memory of your father
0: i am but i'm also like i, I was 2 and like i'm sure like i'm looking at this from a point where
1: it may be a bit harsh
0: um on my end and 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 maybe you're closer to the truth than i am but I was too like that, that that didn't affect me like it affected me for sure but it didn't affect me in a way that it affected other people because I never really knew him and even those two years since he was sick and like uh he didn't want like uh to burden the family too much he asked my uncle to 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 to, to take care of me in that time in LA so I I, I was away from him for most of my life so in some ways, like part of me, it's like I know I emulate some, some things of him or some, some qualities he, he had or traits he had. But at the same time, it's like I, I barely knew the guy. I barely knew the guy. And, and to me, it's hard to, to, to truly see how I connect with him in that way. And I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. But I'm just fascinated by how we all treat the death, cope with the death, are the dead, um, and and how we 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 sort of prepare and move on, and you have to eventually. But ah, uh, maybe I'm just I'm a sucker for sad stuff. I'm no, a...
1: man, no. I I mean, it's I've never had to go through an experience like that. I've never lost a parent, um, or anyone that was as close to me as a parent. It would be. But I have dealt with loss. And I think that one of the things that comes out of those types of experience, I don't think you can ever fully recover from the death of someone that you loved or the memory of them. I don't know if it would seem like a miracle cure to me. And I don't know if I would, if I lost someone close to me, that I would even want to be okay with the fact that they're dead you know, it's one of those things where all you can do is reflect on the, it's bittersweet, but reflect on the moments that you did have with them and the experience that you did share with them and reflect on what they were trying to do with I mean, like even with regards to your, your dad sending you guys to live with your uncle, you can look back at him making that decision and say, he was really just trying to protect us. Like he didn't want us to be, and that's the kind of person he was. And I think that's the proper way to quote unquote deal with death is to look at the decisions the person made while they were alive, instead of looking at simply the fact that they're gone and drawing inspiration from those moments because, you know, life goes on, man. And you know that better than anybody else. Like I said, like your life has been going. You've made all types of decisions. You're in journalism school now, and your life has gone on.
0: Yes, but at the same time, Hayden, we don't know shit.
1: We're we're we're
0: young. I mean, we know shit, but we don't know as much shit as some other people. And there's more shit for us to to go and live.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But I think that older people are just. I don't know if they get wiser they just get more experienced I think that often the two can be viewed in hand in hand but I don't know if I don't know if an older person because they're older is really truly wise I think they've just seen scenarios play out more often and they've made more mistakes and they know more based on those experiences and that's what we call wisdom but i don't think that because someone's older they really have a better way of going about things they just know more if that makes sense
0: could be i think i i personally feel like
1: like, you can definitely, but you can, what, yeah, what you're yeah. talking about is you can definitely draw on the experiences of older people. I'm mm. not trying to take away from that. All I'm saying is they're human. They are. They're not even sure when I'm 40, I'm sure I'm not going to have all the answers. You know what I mean? When I'm 70, I'm sure I'm not going to have all the answers. What I'm going to have is I'm going to have the best set of answers that I can possibly have at that time. And that's all you're ever going to have. Mm. And you can learn from someone who has spent more time developing their outlook on life. But at the end of the day, again, I don't mean to keep pulling it back to this, but it's all about inwards. It's all about how you apply that. It's all about how you view the world and how you deal with problems and you can take inspiration from other people for sure, but it's you, it's you against the world at the end of the day. Fair. and everything that it brings to you man i should have been big for this fucking podcast <laughs> holy shit
0: okay how about we take it i completely agree with you i completely agree with you like looking inward is super super important namaste <laughs> but what if we take it outward <laughs> for, for for a bit all right what if so so i asked you about when you fear what you fear is there anyone you sort of like are afraid to face or <laughs> like who not necessarily cuz they're they're imposing or they're scary or they'll beat the shit out of you maybe it's that but i mean like people that you know you'd feel very uncomfortable facing in in whatever setting that may be like for instance i think for me in third grade there was this one girl in our class and she was new. um, And she had trouble like making friends with people. Um, And she was definitely like a a bit different than than us. And as a stupid third grader, instead of trying to welcome them in and, and help them out and sort of like integrate them instead she was like ostracized for being different and um, I don't recall doing anything specifically like bad at her but I definitely enabled a lot of like um, bullying or mistreatment and I look back on that and I'm like fuck you uh, third (laughs) third grade Gary like I know like you're a kid and like you don't understand stuff but I look back on that moment and I, I don't look back at it fondly. And so if, if ever I were to see that, that, that girl today, I probably wouldn't recognize her, but I wouldn't want to face her. I wouldn't want to like talk to her and have like that discussion. Like I'd feel the need to like apologize and be like, shit, but that doesn't mean jack shit at that point, especially when those moments are very formative for you. So
1: I think real apologies mean more than mean, mean a lot. If it's a real apology,
0: I think so as well but still even a real apology as much as it's valuable and I'm sure for 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 many people it's appreciated in my mind and the way I see it it, it doesn't substantiate to the bad that I feel No it, it's
1: caused. never going to make up for look like it's a, it's that perfect example right you've probably seen it online a thousand times where like I've seen it on TikTok where there's videos of like older guys who will get like their little brother or something. And they'll be like, break that cup. And they break the cup. And they're like, now apologize to it. And then then it's like, and then they're like, I'm sorry. And then they're like, did that make it better? And they're like, no. And it's like, get it. That's Mm -hmm. like the perfect example of how apologies actually work. I don't think that an apology will ever right the wrong that you did, but it it's the best you can do. You can never pick up those pieces. You can never take back and action that you did, all you can do is, if you're truly sorry about it, is tell the person that you regret that that ever happened. And what you're describing from going to third grade to now, you're describing wisdom. That's wisdom. You've now had life experiences. You've now seen more and you wouldn't do that if you were put back in the same shoes.
0: Sure, for sure. And I completely agree with you. And, And I feel like a sincere apology has to come from a place of sincere and deep understanding not necessarily deep deep but deep understanding of the situation and the person and trying to see how they may have felt or how it affected them and how seriously it may have and i feel like i completely agree with you like it it won't fix the situation but that's beside the point the question for me is is there anyone like that for you where you'd be afraid to, to face them for whatever reason it may be.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people, man. I, I mean, like, I don't think that. There's a lot of people. Anything that you've ever done that you regret. It's not going to be easy to apologize for. Um, or face that person, or if they've done something to you, it's never going to be easy to see that person again. But it's one of those things. It's everybody. Everybody is going to make mistakes, and everybody has their own insecurities and. I don't know. I don't know if there's one specific person that I can point to and say, I would be afraid facing this person. But certainly there are many, many people throughout my life who I've either either done wrong to or they've done wrong to me that it would not be comfortable seeing them again, but maybe necessary to have that conversation if you did see them again.
0: Mm. I don't want to dive. I don't want to uh, dig for like the the the, the more serious people because I'm sure there are a bunch of like things that we truly like regret on a deep level, and there are truly people that we'd feel like uncomfortable, like 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 seeing or having a discussion with for whatever reason. Is there 100%, anyone? Is I was
1: there, a bully too. Is there
0: anyone that maybe on a lesser extent, on a smaller level? And I want to know. I, I'm curious to to maybe. Uh, if, if you can be a bit more specific with like who that is, what happened or what, whatever it was, but I don't mean like the, the, the more serious ones. If you remember one that's a bit less serious, but I'm truly curious. I'm, I'm fascinated by like how our experience shape us. And if you recall someone or if someone sticks out in your mind to you, you don't have to name drop them. I'm
1: not going to name drop. I'm just <laughs> thinking...
0: it's an unfair question but there
1: no there there are definitely a lot of people on both ends like i said people that i would have a hard time facing because i did something shitty to them or people that i would have a hard time facing because they did something shitty to me um one of the biggest regrets in my life i will say is being being a bully when i was a kid i was a fucking asshole there was a little bit of time where i was like Nice to everybody and trying to be friends with everybody, and I don't remember when it switched, but there was like a, I just remember it was probably like around fucking puberty, you know how it is. Um, you have a shorter temper.
0: Everything gets too frustrated.
1: Well, it's also you're just more concerned about like where you stack up in comparison to everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I was I was an asshole to a lot of different people. Um, man, like, yeah, no, I did a lot of shitty stuff. And I was the guy in the class who would call someone out on their flaws and be a dick about it. And other kids would laugh and it would gain me points like with the, with the other kids. The you social know, points. It was, exactly. It was funny to them. And it it benefited me at the time in terms of, there uh, in terms of like I don't know I guess solidifying my place within a social hierarchy you know but I look back on that and I'm like wow I did some really shitty things to some people and you know I can look at it like I was a kid I didn't know any better but I did know better it's not like I did it and I was like yeah this is the right thing to do it's just that I was more concerned about myself and how i would appear to everyone else than i was how they felt and i think that's a sentiment that's going to be carried out through your entire life that you need to be conscious of you're always going to be more it's always going to be tempting to make a decision because it benefits you in the short term even though it might affect someone negatively it's going to be a tempting decision to make
0: it's like it um, benefits you it's like um how like in some ways incentives work it's like you do something and something positive comes out of it and you're like okay well positive quote-unquote positive and then you you're like okay i'll do it again i'll see if something else positive comes from it you do it again something else positive comes from it. you get more praise you get more affirmation people laugh it's like yeah and then yeah, you, you, you go down that road and like maybe at some points you question like oh kind of like i feel kind of sad for that person like why am I doing this? Well, you you you
1: also, you can't downplay the effects that early childhood experiences have on the way that people turn out in the end. If you're someone that's completely ostracized from your, your social peers as a kid, you are going to have to deal with problems that nobody else is going to have to deal with. Like you're going to grow up being resentful of that mad, maybe sad people deal with it in different ways, but you're going to, have to that's going to be something that you have to address with yourself and I regret my part of ever making anyone feel like that there's this one one time if you're looking for a specific example there was this one time that I always think back to and I'm like I'm like holy that was like at the time it was something that I kind of like brushed over and literally laughed at but I look back on it I'm like that was fucked up there was this kid not going to say his name there was this kid who I went to school with he was a bigger guy uh, like a a chubby kid and he he just it it wasn't only that right he wasn't only chubby but he was also like a little awkward and you know he'd like try to talk to girls and he would never really you know be successful and there was a lot of different things that went into him uh, him being the way that he was and him being treated the way that he was. And uh, basically the story goes, this one time we were playing tag and we would do this thing all the time. It's not the first time that it would happen. Um, We did this thing where we like, because he was not athletic, he couldn't, he wasn't as good at it. Mm -hmm. And um, we would always like tag him, you know, and this is like fucking very, early childhood shit. This is probably like grade five or six. Mm-hmm. And, um, this one time I was just like, I was just fucking with him. I was right in his face and like I'd tag him and then he'd like, try to tag me back. I'd like dodge around him for a little bit, let him tag me and then tag him right back immediately and just pissing him off. Right. And, and like, I'm, I, I don't remember talking shit while doing this, but I probably was, I mean, like I was laughing a lot. I don't remember if I actually said anything, but it, yeah. So the, he gets angry, rightfully so. And he fucking jumps on me and he didn't really do anything other than jump on me, but he just like jumped on me and he was on my back and the, uh, the teachers came and broke it up or whatever. And they went to go sit us down in the office. Right. Cause that's, that's what happens whenever it's an altercation. So I, uh, I, I go to the office and I'm sitting there in the office and he got pulled in first to talk to the vice principal. And while I'm sitting there in the office, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get in shit for this. I knew I was in the wrong. This is why I say I knew that the shit that I was doing was not like, I knew that it was bad. Even at that young age, I just didn't care. So I'm like, fuck, how am I going to get myself out of this? Again, because all you care about is what happens to you.
0: The harm, the pain.
1: So I'm thinking, how do I get myself out of this? So what I ended up doing, I bit my own arm in the office because there was no there was no secretary there was nobody there there was just the vice principal who was already in the office with the door closed talking to this kid so i bit my own arm and when she pulled me into the office to you know to like speak to her about it i showed her the bite mark and and i was like he bit me and she was like me she didn't even talk to me like any more than that it was just like yep he's in the wrong we gotta fix this and all these other things right so this is he ended he ended up having to go to anger management classes for like six months after that and this this was like the culminating event that ended up sending him there it wasn't like a, it wasn't like the one thing and they immediately sent him it was like he was always getting angry at people and like getting violent but here's the thing is that the whole school and all the administrative staff and everybody looked at it like he had the issue when I look back on that situation I'm like why no like he didn't have he was mad for like just reasons everybody was always fucking with him of course he's gonna be mad I don't Mm -hmm. think that it makes sense to send a kid like that to anger management class it's like and tell them, you have a problem, you need to manage your anger. It's like, what What? What are they supposed to do? Just like curl up into a ball and just take all the beatings? It wasn't really ever physical with him, but like all the verbal beatings and all that type of shit, like you can't just put up with that. And I think that to tell a kid that they're in the wrong for getting mad about something like that and somehow their experience Is not valid. Is really fucked up, and I and man, like I I heavily heavily regret all the times I ever made fun of that kid. But at the end of the day, I can't take it back, and that's what's happened. So all I can do is I can address it and I can say that it was a very shitty thing and that I shouldn't have done it. Um, and I shouldn't have. it, It wasn't this one time. I was bullying this kid all the time. This is just like the one culminating event that I can actually think to and remember um because when I look back at it and think that the, the fact that this kid actually had to go like after school to these classes because of this then I'm like wow like that was fucked is
0: and there, uh, is what? There, uh, like how did that how did that shape you after that um is it a lesson that was learned immediately or over time when nope. you look back at some nope. of those things.
1: It was a thing that I laughed at for a long time with my friends. <laughs> we got this kid fucking. To, he has to do anger management classes now. <laughs> what a fucking loser! At
0: what point did that's, you?
1: That's fucking hilarious.
0: At what point did you realize like that was something you're not proud of?
1: I don't know exactly when it was, but I don't know. I think you just gain. You go through life. You have people do shitty things to you you become a little bit wiser a little bit more conscious of what goes on on both sides of an issue and you realize fuck i shouldn't have done the things that i did um but how do i deal with it now i don't i just try to be nicer to people man and i'm not always successful i can definitely be a dick to people i test <laughs> yeah yeah um I can definitely be too blunt. I can definitely like throw my opinion out there. Like anybody actually fucking cares about it. Um, I, I definitely think that I'm right in conversations with people uh, and, and assume that they're wrong. And sometimes I have problems not actually listening to what they're saying because I'm already just assuming I'm right. But um, I don't, how do I deal with it? I just try to be better every day. That's all you can do. I feel
0: like that's all you can you do. try to like, be
1: marginally better than you were the day before. And this is where we get to looking outwardly again. This is a big problem with looking outwardly. If you're comparing yourself to exterior people, they're always going to be better than you always. And you're always going to feel like a piece of shit because you're not as good as it, at this person at this thing you think because you don't even really know, but you think, and, um, you can't do that you can't compare yourself to someone who's not you what you have to do is compare yourself to the version of yourself that you were the day before like i wouldn't look at a marathon runner and be like fuck i'm not there yet what the fuck like i I wish i was this person you have to go run a mile the next day run 1.5 and be like look i fucking ran more than i did yesterday i'm closer to that goal now and that goes for everything else too you know
0: that's what you can do. It's those, the, the, that incremental progression and improvement that happens on a day to day basis. And I feel like GSP <laughs>
1: consistently. Consistency is the key.
0: <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I feel like that's what that's what matters from it. Like like it's it, it's nice to 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 apologize and say that sorry, like you said. But it's really how it shapes you where you can really make an impact. If if that experience helped you be a better person. I'm not saying it was like necessary to make you a better person, but I mean like like if it if it ultimately makes you treat others more respectably, like I think I feel like that's the most positive way like it could come out of and and and, and that's much respect to you. And it's something I Personally, I hope to draw from all my past negative experiences. Like one, like to go back to one of the things I'm afraid of the most. Like, when I say I don't want to be a shitty father, I don't want to be a shitty father. I don't want to be a shitty role model. I feel like we're in a world where part of the issues we're seeing stems from at least like some issues coming from from young men specifically. Some of the issues come from not having good or the right male role models around them. Like I think there are studies that show that 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 can predict or at least like point towards the level of success someone can can attain or the likeliness of, of success someone can attain depending on the makeup of their household, whether they're part of a two-parent home or whether it's a single parent home. And studies show that a single parent home and especially ones where it's 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 a it's a single mother like it's harder for th- those kids to 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 pave a way for themselves to to find success and find meaning and ultimately one of my biggest life goals and something i've been thinking about more recently is to be a good role model for male kids and and show them how to treat people respectfully how to treat women right how to um, go for what you want in a way that you don't trample on others i just want i hope i get to a point where the example i'm portraying as myself how i go about my life helps other people be better but my fear is that i don't
1: amen amen to that brother
0: we need to be good people, Hayden. We need to be. We need to be good motherfucking people for the next pe- for the next generation, if there is one.
1: When you, if there is one, global we're warming. Gonna, global yeah, we're, warming.
0: Just- <laughs> we're not gonna. I'm. I'm afraid of that. Like, I'm genuinely afraid of that. I'm genuinely afraid that I'm not gonna have, like, my own kids. I. I wanna have like. Uh, I wanna fucking have kids, and I wanna sort of like.
1: Wait, twenty-one, sir.
0: We're twenty-one. We're in prime age to to have kids, Hayden.
1: so yeah, there you go. Like, I'm, 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 it's a problem.
0: <laughs> I'm genuinely afraid, though, that I w- I won't have like a future because of like global warming. Um, we'll probably find a way. I'm hoping. I'm banking. I'm fingers crossed and knocking on wood. But and I wanna fucking be a kid. I feel like there's something dope about education and helping others or passing down wisdom and and and, 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 and being. Good example.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you need that in society. You need people that are going to teach. What? Well, Here is the thing. Everybody's a teacher, whether they know it or not. If you have someone that's, if you have someone that's close to you, you're teaching them constantly. It doesn't matter if they're older or younger. Younger people are more likely to take a lesson from you, but well, we—it's always happening,
0: and we learn from each other. Anyone. I learned from you, though maybe I shouldn't, and maybe yeah, definitely you definitely
1: like, don't learn from me, man. <laughs> I have an IQ no. of like twenty. I'm The, the last guy you want to learn from. Here's the thing, man. Like global warming scares me too. I'll I'll sort my my recycling. I'll fucking compost. But listen, I I don't have the brain power necessary to solve that issue, <laughs> uh, and I'll leave it to the people that do.
0: You can contribute.
1: You can you can put
0: people in a position to find
1: that. I can. Then. You're right. I can, but I can't head. solve the issue myself and you I will won't.
0: And I no will one leave. will, no one will solve it by themselves. Yeah. Sometimes we want to be Superman, but there's a reason why he's only in comic books and movies.
1: All right. Well, fuck. This was one philosophical talk, my guy. It was
0: heavy. It was heavy,
1: heavy, A heavy one for the fucking listeners. Thanks for making it through this. If I, you I, f- uh,
0: I feel like it, it alludes to something we want to do more. Uh, we want to bring a diverse range of guests uh, from all ages. We've had a lot of young people recently. We just had Chilton, who's a bit older. but We're trying to have more people. And more specifically, I want to have a very specific teacher on this, uh, on this show. Oh, shit. I don't know if it will happen, but I'd like to draw wisdom from someone who, on a day-to-day basis and whose job title depends on it. But I want to hear from someone who whose responsibility is to pass down knowledge.
1: And I'd love to have that. I'm down for that as well. And I think that, I think everybody is prime candidate. That's what I try to do. That's the way I try to think about it when we bring guests on is I think that everybody has something that, that they've experienced that can be useful to other people to hear.
0: Mm. They can teach. I think you completely said you're right. Like I think, everyone is a teacher in many different ways i think the reality of it is some are shitty ones (laughs) some are pretty good ones it's like it's like ryerson you know it's like you'll it's not it's not one of those top tier schools where it's like a bag it's like you pick from it it's like oh you either have a a one that's rated 2.5 stars or you have one who's rated 4.4
1: yeah it's too bad there's not a rate my prof for life like when I was 17, I thought this guy was cool and he gave me my first cigarette. Now I can't stop smoking a pack a day. It doesn't exist a, in the real world.
0: You want to leave a bad review? Don't yeah. fucking take this guy. Drop him. Drop what his, he doesn't speak well. His curriculum, his r- curriculum is ass. His curriculum is fucked.
1: <laughs> Don't even think about it, man. Yeah, no, that'd be crazy if that existed for real life though.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Everybody everybody would be here's here's the thing, man. Everybody would be like two point five stars.
0: But the thing is, it's not a permanent thing. As more reviews come, it could go down, it could go up, you could improve, you could be better, you can have more comments. As you meet more people, it's more opportunity to to work on your craft and, and gain experience and be better.
1: Yeah. Well, on that note, be better, people.
0: Let's aim for that four star <laughs> review four stars on rate my life right rate, yeah. rate, rate my people absolutely all right we'll cut it here but cut. we appreciate everyone who came through and yes we'll cut go say, say you want to clap how do you want to cut it
1: we'll just cut before the absolutely
0: sure this probably wasn't good for yeah. my mic i don't know how much time we have but that was that
1: was hefty that was a lot it was like a "How long are we talking? How long have we been recording for? Do you have access to that? Can you see? Uh No, it doesn't show me the time. It'll only show me later.